another week, another guest. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast. Also, follow us on Instagram at 91octane. And if you want to send us any emails, info at 91octane.com. Also, use code SHIPBOX, S-H-I-P-B-O-X, for free shipping on orders over $35. And most importantly... Uh, make sure you follow the Chase Foundation on Instagram. They are helping out their community by helping adults with disabilities and holding a car show on November 25th. Make sure you check out all my social media. You can st- check out Striker social media or the Chase Foundation social media for more information on how to donate. I'll actually put it down here on screen. Support those that support you and support the community. Honestly, if you love the show in any way, uh, anything you can do, even just attending uh, the show goes a long way in supporting the cause. So please make sure uh, to reach out and support. And now let's start the episode. This thing is a freaking monster. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 91 Octane. I am John, and on the screen you are seeing a motorsport junkie just like the rest of us. He's an engineer that explains, and we'll get into more of that, and he left Fitman Industries in a dramatic fashion. Welcome to the show, Mitchell, man. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Wow, yeah, you definitely did your research if you found that gem. <laughs> Yeah, and it really is a gem. I'm like, I want to make you. I hope you give me the permission to post that because I want to use that. Like, I, I just, I thought that was awesome, and I have questions around that. But we'll get into yeah. that as we get into the episode. So, of course, as you know, we're gonna go through our headlines for the week. That we're gonna talk a little Mitchell, get a little your history, your inspirations, and then of course we'll wrap up the episode with a Motorhead Blitz and a chance for you to become the King Motorhead. Uh, we'll see if uh, <laughs> I got it. We'll see if yeah. Okay, all right, all right. You're already uh, puffing your chest. That's I like the competition. But let's get right into the headlines. First headline of the week: First man to ever enter Victoria's Secret infuriated they don't sell car bras. Um, so I have a friend, shout out to Tony driven, uh, who is actually still looking to put car bras on his Cobra. Uh, you know, he wants to be, uh, I guess abide by the times. And that was the inspiration for this for me because I didn't really think they still existed. Um, you know, I thought they were a thing of the past. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a car that had like one of those, even a clear bra on it. Uh, I, I never really understood the point of them. I just figured it was just going to scratch the heck out of the car. To be yeah, honest. it really does. I mean, that's kind of yeah. what ends up happening. But you know, kind of in in the spirit of technology that's gone away, uh, what is some technology or car or just piece of engineering that you would have wanted to see come back? That I would want to see come back. Yeah. Ooh, you know, honestly, I don't know if there's a whole lot missing right now that I I guess I miss. One thing yeah. that I that comes to mind that's gone would be turbo timers, but I think that's a relic of the past due to older uh, lubrication systems. I believe, honestly, I never really understood the full system behind them or the full purpose behind them. But I don't know. I mean, I'm down for turbocharging now. That's obviously taking forefront, so that's here to stay. Uh, I'm a little upset to see some of these big displacement V8s kind of heading out the door. A- am I hearing that the TRX is now a, going to be a six cylinder? That's the, what the T's. 
Oh yeah, that? that's yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like everything is going in that direction, which is odd, considering their the EV horizon, right? Yeah. What? Why? Like, why go small? But I guess they want to sell cars. But you are right. I mean, a lot of trucks are going to six cylinder. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a huge like you know. There's no replacement for displacement guy. Uh, I I had a Camaro, which is 6.2 liters, but. Yeah. I, I don't know. I went from that to a Miata. So I'm not big on big horsepower and displacement. But I don't know. There's just some cars that that's their thing. It's kind of like the Viper. I'm a big Viper guy. If Once I get some money, you'll see me running around a Viper. And I'm going to be telling everybody, it's 8 liters. It's 8.3 liters. It's, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I'm just going to be slinging that, that displacement. Yeah, yeah, what boost? Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're a Viper. You're a Viper guy. So, so this is it's, it's a bit of a... A clash of two worlds because you went from a Corvette to a Miata. So let's talk about that Actually, first. Camaro. Fifth oh, a Camaro. Camaro sorry, a Camaro yeah. to a Miata. What was that transition like for you? Because it's a completely different game. Well, it all started when my wife had a, a little uh, plastic tube with two blue lines on it, and I found out I was going to be a father. <laughs> well, so that was a big reason for it. But yeah, I had yeah. the Camaro. I loved the Camaro, but it was just really expensive, uh, and it got to the point where. I was getting more involved with racing. I did the cam and that was fun. So I kind of had a taste of a modified horsepower, I guess I should say. It made just under 500 wheel, more or less. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. It just, ugh, those tires are so expensive. Trying to, you know, order brakes after a track day is so expensive. So I figured I'm going to go the exact opposite. That way when I have my son, I can enjoy my son and I can still enjoy racing affordably. So I got a Miata. And yeah, no, that makes sense. perfect decision. I fell in love with the Miata that, I mean, I bought RT660s for 400 bucks used. I actually have another set for $100. Brakes are cheap. It's, you can't go wrong. If, you, if you're just trying to get seat time, go for a Miata, go for something lightweight. You can't beat it. Now, are you naturally sort of a budget-conscious racer, or is it really your son? Like, how much of it is one or the other? No, uh, my wife and I, we, I don't know, we're not really or we don't really cater our life around me racing. My wife has stuff that she enjoys and I like hanging out with my son and we actually right. just built a house last year. So, you know, that kind of Congrats. factored into it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so once you start putting all that stuff together, it's just like, well, I like racing, but I, I got to make sure I can put food on the table and a roof over our heads first. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of try to do things on a budget uh, where I can so that, you know, you don't feel as guilty when you're going out dropping a thousand dollars on tires to go run what I did one track day last year. So, yeah, no, I completely get it. I mean, I think uh, most of the population listening to 91 Octane is sort of in that same sort of grassroots vein, the, you know, keep it keeping it budget conscious, not spending too much yeah. money, finding ways to get more seat time for less money. Exactly. I, I have really been focusing on keeping a scope creep to a minimum uh, right now with my RX-8, for example. Everybody's asking, are you going to boost it? Yeah, you should probably do a standalone. How about like a 10 inch wide wheel so you can fit some wide tires? It's like, dude, the car just needs to run come February 25th for my very first <laughs> autocross. And after that, you know, it'll be coilovers and tires and then just seat time. You know, yeah. that was the goal from the start. Boost is cool. Standalone's cool. There's a lot of cool things we can do, but we can do those later. And I, I think that's a trap that a lot of people fall in. And that right there would solve your budget problem a lot of times. Oh, yeah. It's almost like yeah. it's a, just a knee-jerk reaction. You get the car. You want to put all the pretty bits on it. You want to make it the best car ever. But realistically, you, you you can learn to drive in a completely stock car 
and spend years in it before you even need coilovers or the expensive parts and bits. Yeah. So, but you one thing I, I keyed on here. You said scope creep. Is this what you do professionally? Are you are you like in in software or project uh, management? No, that that was a keyword that I heard get thrown around a lot at my previous job. So uh, you've mentioned me being a, an engineer. I was a design engineer for a handful of years for. Uh, I'll say a diesel engine manufacturer and scope creep was a big issue that, uh, that uh, higher ups don't seem to understand sometimes or customers <laughs> yeah. for that matter. So yeah. uh, that became a keyword that I just, I heard a lot and I've seen, you know, people I know struggle with a car cause you know, it's like, it's like my RX-8 right now. Like I said, you get the engine out and it's like, well, this is a 140,000 mile clutch. Uh, I didn't really plan on putting a clutch in it, but I know it's going to need it. So it's like, you know, do I need a stage one clutch? Do I need a stage two, whatever stage clutch? No, I probably just need an OE clutch from Rock Yeah, Auto. needs and wants, you right? Know? Needs yeah. and wants. Yeah, Keep, keep yeah. the scope to what you can afford and what is going to get you on track this year, not three years from now. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into our next headline. Pikes Peak Hill Climb isn't challenging enough, so it will be adding Rainbow Road. Hill climbing is just, in general, intense. It's one of the, like, the most, in my perspective, one of the most dangerous things you could do. You're at the edge of a cliff almost constantly. So naturally, I felt, let's make it more challenging. But yeah. for, for you, what is the most dangerous situation you've been in in a car? I think we've all been young and dumb and fooling around on back roads before and put ourselves in positions that uh, maybe you weren't proud of. I know I used to do like the, the night car meet scene and I used to run around 465 with just whoever was out there. And uh, I don't know. I look back on that stuff and cringe now. It, it's not so dangerous to us in the car. You know, like you've got control. You know where you're trying to put the car and maybe you've been driving within the limits, but you don't know what minivan's about to hit that on-ramp. You know, who's coming home from work? I'm, my wife's a nurse and she works nights uh, every now and then, just depending on what job she's at. And it's, you know, uh, I'm not so worried about our, our safety. I mean, I rode motorcycles for a little while and I've had a couple stories there, but I'm more worried about other people's safety on the road. That's why I've really gotten away from that kind of stuff. I know we just did a trip to uh, the Tail of the Dragon, which is fun. But dude, some of those guys are not. Actually, right before I got on the call, a buddy had shared a picture of a Z06 that had gone over the edge and was being towed back up the side of that, like one of those cliffs at the tail of the dragon. Wow. So, glad we to have that here car. a lot. Yeah, 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 we have that here a lot too at uh, Angeles Crest for us. Um, you know, but I guess what are some of those stories that, you know, I'm not, I have a lot in the past that I'm not proud of either. Um, you know, I keep it exclusively on the track now. But, yeah. you know, there you know, handbrake turns when you're young, you know, kind of, you know, doing what, you know, do some donuts here and there. Um there's that side of things, and, and if, if we don't want to go there, we don't have to go there. But then yep. also, you've done a lot of track stuff, too. You know, what, what are some of those situations that you're like, I'm never going back there again? I'll tell you what, I'll actually back up to one street story. Uh, it was okay. on an SV650 motorcycle, not a big power bike. Uh, it's more of just a, like a comfortable, upright sport bike. Uh, and I had went out, and I was riding with a bunch of my friends that I currently run autocross now, and they... Uh, they've all got their cars, you know, set up for autocross, 200 treadwares, uh, specific alignments, it, you know, nothing crazy, but a lot more than what I should have been out there with, uh, on a motorcycle with unknown tires. And I just remember we had come up to a right-handed corner and everybody was, I mean, I was, I felt like I was holding up the group cause I was at the front and I got on the brakes real hard. I was like, all right, I'm going to start braking real late and then I'll make up for 
you know, this lost time everywhere else. I just remember the rear end got loose and I went into a head wobble coming into this right-handed corner. Do you know what a head wobble is? Or death yeah, wobble? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, and I start going into a minor, minor wobble and I'm just like, oh no, this is not good. Like, I don't have control of the situation. And I, I do remember I had the wherewithal to look out and I saw a big field, like a, uh, and I don't think it was a cornfield, maybe like a bean field. And I just remember I was like, well, okay, well, I'll hit the field. This isn't going to hurt so bad. You know, I've, I got all my gear on, so it could be worse. And then yeah. I ended up getting the bike kind of back under control right as I was in the middle of the corner and I was able to steer into the corner. So I was like, ah, okay, a little embarrassing, but I got everything under control. We're all good. And then I realized there is a Toyota four doors, like sedan. I don't, I don't know what Toyota, but a little gray car. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to go right into the hood of whoever's car. This oh. isn't somebody I'm with. And luckily I was able to keep it, you know, not in my lane. I was about probably on the yellow line. I was able to make the corner, but I mean, I don't, I don't know how close I was to their mirror. I just remember my legs were shaking after that. We pulled over to kind of let some of the group catch up. And I told my buddies, I was like, you go have your fun. I'm going home. <laughs> like I had yeah. just got there. We were like five minutes in and I was like, I got to go home. <laughs> yeah. It, from, from death wobble to leg wobble. Dude, you, you, yeah. You, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of yeah. the beginning of the end with me and motorcycles. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. How long did you ride for? Only three years. I had my SV650, which I loved, and I almost I considered riding year round. And then I bought a Ducati uh, 944, and that sealed oh, the nice. deal. That Ducati was a pile of junk. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I bought it cheap. I bought it to flip, and then uh, I made a slight error on a clutch seal or a clutch housing seal replacement because it's a yeah. giant clutch. And I put a rag over it, and uh, I think a corner of, a, of the rag got into the lube system, and Ooh. it actually destroyed half the motor on me about 80 mile an hour next to a semi. Thankfully, it was a timing belt, so the belt slipped on the cam. And uh, yeah, it took out, uh, if I remember correctly, it was the horizontal cylinder. It was, a, it was one of the L twins. And uh, yeah, wow. it stayed running just long enough to get pulled over on the side of the road, and luckily a buddy helped me rebuild it because it... Wow. The cylinder bores are actually set up like a two-stroke, so it's just the jug. So I essentially just removed the whole bore because the bore was damaged. Uh, it had beat a valve into the top of the head. I've actually got some pictures. I'll have to send you pictures over Yeah, here. that's wild, stuff. man. Like, uh, yeah. I, I, I wanted to ride a bike when I was 18. I didn't want a car. I wanted a bike first. Um, oh, and wow. my, parents, my parents refused, uh, and I thank them for them you know, for that every day. But what I used to hear a lot is it's not – if you're going to fall, it's when you're going to fall. Have you fallen off a bike? I didn't. Uh, you know, I had my fair share of close calls like everybody else. Uh, and yeah. I made sure to wear the gear. I, I never had proper pants. So my kneecaps would not have survived if I did fall, thankfully. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So if anybody's wanting to consider getting a bike, uh, just know know the, the real facts behind it and the gear that you're wearing or not wearing. Don't uh, lull yourself into a self or a sense of security if there's not one. Yeah, what's your Mario Kart skill level? My Mario Kart skill? Oh yeah. man, I don't think I've played Mario Kart since uh, my college days. Actually, I played on the Nintendo sixty four with my cousin, but yeah, not very yeah. good. I, I don't think I'd survive Rainbow Road, especially if a Pikes Peak <laughs> turned into Rainbow Road. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd sign up for that. Do you? Uh, do you do any sim racing? Are you in, in any of that side of the world? Yeah, it looks like it's just off camera, but I, I pulled the seat out of a Dodge Stratus and, to build a <laughs> mount for it. It's actually yeah. sitting here. Uh, and then I've just got Logitech as a, like a G920. So, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So you're, so you're on the Xbox. Nope. PC. 
Yeah. Oh, you're a PC. Oh, okay, yeah, PC. Uh, yeah. I've actually got permanently set up here, like a monitor that I can swivel in front of my chair. So. Okay. Cool. Well. So, are you like on Assetto or what, what do you play normally? Uh, you know, I was wanting to get into like the Assetto drift stuff, and every once in a while I'll get on there and I'll fire up the uh, uh, the S550 Illuminator, uh, the RTR drift cars. Uh, I love okay. those cars. But yeah. honestly, I mainly stick to just like Car X drift racing, just messing around, and then a lot of Beam and G. Oh, okay. G. Yeah, I've put okay. way too much time into that game, <laughs> yeah. and I will be playing I, more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's the same for all of us. It's a cheap seat time, right? I mean, it's fun. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I get carried away with the builds on there, though. So. <laughs> yeah well it's a good place to do it right instead of real yeah. life i mean keep the keep the pockets healthy yeah. but let's get into our next headline for the 30th year in a row audi ranks first in the list of least desirable german cars beating out even smart and opal i'm a bmw guy in case you didn't know i'm playing into that rivalry but um i'm curious now based on the conversation that we've had you know you you seem to be american leaning but you had a Miata, and now you're in an RX-8. So are you a Mazda guy? Do, do you have any – do you lean any direction? Great question. Honestly, I started as like a GM guy. My, my dad was big GM, and my grandfather had a big GM dealership back in the day, my great-grandfather. But yeah. honestly, I'm more anything. I, I really like Mazda now, to be honest. Yeah. I, I've loved all of my Mazdas. I think Mazda is really keen on trying to keep some driver's cars alive. Obviously, they're doing the kind of uh, affordable luxury thing now, but you know you got to remember the old slogan, the Zoom Zoom lo- slogan. And I've yeah. actually heard Kyle Mohan talking on a podcast. Supposedly, supposedly that Zoom Zoom phrase is uh, trickling around Mazda. Supposedly is what he said on the uh, Formula Drift podcast. So oh. that would be cool if they brought that back. You know, they just had the uh, it's not the RX Vision, but it's like the RX AP, that new rotary hybrid. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the new used. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just Mazda has always made fun to drive cars uh, when they wanted to, like the Mazda Speed lineup, the Miatas, obviously the RX series. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I like Ford. I like GM. Not so much new GMs, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you lean Mazda. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, but like the Holy Grail right now, at least until you get it, is the Viper. Yeah, not a big Dodge guy, but uh, yeah, I. Listen, I'm telling you, if there was money in the bank right now, there wouldn't be an RX-8 in the garage. It'd be a Viper. What is it about the Viper? Is it just how ridiculous all the specs are? Exactly. I'm obsessed with just ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous. My my Camaro, I always called it the party car. Everything I did was just, it needs to be fun for everybody involved. It needs to be fun to listen to, watch run, fun to drive. Uh, And I, I think a Dodge Viper would be the perfect case for that. I mean... It's just ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous. How can you not love it? Yeah, no, honestly, I, I'm I'm right there with you. The the Viper is up there in sort of the list of cars that I would want to own. Um, I have this bad habit of buying BMW shit boxes, uh, so who knows when it'll actually happen. Uh, but yeah, I've got quite a few friends who love that car, and that car is very much a. It's just fun in every way. It looks fun. It. I mean, it's got what eight liters of displacement nine liters yeah. of displacement depending on all up to 8.4 liters they, yeah they ridiculous yeah it's insane um and you know what I, I would say they're expensive but it's an obtainable supercar yeah. right yeah. i don't know if it does qualify or not but i would say it is 
I would say it does. Yeah, I actually yeah. went to college with uh, a guy that drove one, supposedly on a drag pack, and my buddy was telling me about it because he was friends with him. And sure enough, uh, I went to IUPUI, and I rolled into the teacher's parking one day in the after hours, and there was a, I don't remember what Gen Viper he had, but there was a Viper sitting there on, I don't remember if it was a slick or like a dang near slick, but I was like, what is this kid doing? And there he was in one of my engineering classes. He doesn't even do engineering anymore. He sells cars yeah. and makes a ton of money. God knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We all but, moved away from our like uh, our degrees because my degree is in economics, and I don't do anything that yeah. related to that. But uh, what is there a specific generation of Viper that you're looking at, or would it be any? The thing is, I love the Viper, but honestly, I'm, I'm not well versed on them. I, I can uh, name okay. random facts about random cars that <laughs> yeah. I will never buy. But for some reason, the one car that I would like to own, I haven't really like sat down and been like, all right, so the third gen's got this and the fourth gen, and but you got to get the fifth gen. I, I could sit here and rattle off, you know, random things about the NC Miata because when, you know, when you're buying it, it's like, I got to have the perfect year. But yeah, I don't, I don't actually know about the car. I guess it's so unaffordable right now that I'm just like, well, don't, don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. Why, why, why even look into it, right? Why even look yeah. into it? All right, well, let's move into Oh, yeah, on, go for it. On the Volkswagen stuff, Volkswagen and Audi. So okay. I need your hot take on Volkswagen. I know you're a BMW guy, but yeah, yeah. Try to separate the bias. I'm curious if we're on the same page. Okay. Um, I think, I think Volkswagen for me is just underwhelming. Aside from they've put a lot of energy into their EV um kind of infrastructure and their EV performance with the ID and the IDR stuff that they're doing. And yeah. so if we're talking about that, I, there's a lot of respect that goes into that. But if you're talking about the mainstream consumer cars, the GTI, the Golf R, right? Even their all-wheel drive system isn't really an all-wheel drive system. It, it's right, sort of like an in-between. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so for for the price of what Volkswagen, you know, for the price, what Volkswagen gives you is not enough to offset what what exists in the market. Yeah. And that is my opinion on Volkswagen. Yeah. But my friends and I, we all went through a huge Mark IV Volkswagen phase. The Jettas, the Golfs, and I had a Mark IV uh, Jetta GLI that I fell okay. in love with. And remember, I was telling everybody, you don't understand Volkswagen until you own one. You have to own one at some point, specifically a Mark IV. And then I needed a new daily, and I bought a Volkswagen Tiguan TSI. Okay. And then I remembered why I never bought a Mark V Volkswagen. <laughs> and I kept it for like four months. It was like, it was a great commuter car, like daily driver for a month. And then it destroyed my brand new driveway. We built this house. That car didn't leak at all. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you the very first week we moved in, brand new driveway, it's covered in oil stains. What? I, it's just, I don't know. Ever since that, that Tiguan TSI, not a big Volkswagen guy. I, I, I promised my friends, I said, I'll never set foot in another Volkswagen Audi group. Yeah. I can't do I it again. The only one I have tr real experience with, aside from like a GTI, I've never owned one, but I've had friends with a GTI and then the Bug, the Beetle, right? We have mm -hmm. a lot of those out here. So I don't really have a lot of exposure um, to sort of the performance side of things. It was sort of the least popular Fast and the Furious car, right? That white yeah. one. Yeah. You know, it, it never really made a lot of noise out here. Where you're at, I guess, was it really popular or was it just your circle? Uh, you know, 
It might have just been my circle. <laughs> I don't know. I've got a couple <laughs> friends that are big Volkswagen guys. Uh, I got one okay. that autocross is a Mark uh, Mark Three GTI, and it seems like a ton of fun. I I guess what it boils down to is I like a nice Volkswagen. I don't want to own another one. I can't mm-hmm. do it. I mean, that's kind of so. how I feel about Subaru. I really love the cars, but I would never own one. Yeah, um, I wanted yeah, one for the longest time, but I can't do it now. Yeah, I've yeah. Too much. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Knowledge is our curse. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, now let's move into our last headline. Car-loving fathers trigger a 946.89% increase in flashlight phobia among adolescents. Uh, dads being unhappy about how we hold flashlights is a meme as old as time, right? We've known that forever. Uh, but they also teach us to be handy in the process. You are you know diving into engine bays you've been doing it forever for as long as i've known you i haven't known you for that long but you know when did you pick up a wrench when did you decide that it was you that was going to be doing the work and not somebody else was i 22 23 it wasn't until i actually moved in with uh one of my buddies i i met i met these guys at college uh one of them had a mazda speed and i thought it was a subaru and i was like oh dude six subaru wagon he was like it's not a subaru and that was yeah. how I met him. And then like two months later, I'm living with one of them. And he kind of, I was into cars, but I didn't really know how to work on them. Like my first experience was with that Jetta. I tried to put an exhaust on. I cut half the exhaust off, like where it went over the rear suspension geometry. I don't remember all the, why I had to cut it off now, but I cut it off and then I couldn't get the section up by the catalytic converter off. It was just like rusted stuck and I didn't know how to handle it. So I was like, Hey dad, we have to take my car to a mechanic now. After I messed with it for like three hours and um, yeah. he kind of took me under my wing and showed me how to like wrench on cars. And then two years later I moved out and I was like, all right, well now I guess I kind of have to just figure it out. And I don't know on the big stuff. I still get a lot of help from friends actually with my RX eight. Uh, this is funny, but one of my friends from high school and I have kind of reunited and he's a mechanic. So basically anytime I get stuck and there's something that I can't do, I'm just like, Hey, I'll buy you a beer. I'll buy you a pizza. I'll feed you. Come on over. I need help. So it's it's nice to have those kind of friends that can kind of guide you. But I, I've gotten to the point where I can tackle most things. It's just a matter of time and patience. I mean, to make a decision to undertake a motor swap, sort of motor build, um, kind of a what I would call a top-to-bottom purpose-built car that you have undertaken with the hybrid Renesis, um, right, takes mm-hmm. a level of confidence with the wrench that – you know, we don't all necessarily have, right? It takes a while to get there. Um, but now you've gotten there. What was sort of the thought process be- behind moving from the Miata to the hybrid Renesis, which is a, you know, starting from the bottom and building something new? Yeah, it was kind of a couple of different things all culminating into one. So first of all, I knew I loved my Miata, but I wanted something with four seats Bailey Ipoc, if you're listening, buddy, I'm going to send him this video. He <laughs> he has gotten me into a lot of trouble. Uh, he's part of the reason why I had a baby when I when I did, uh, watching his videos with him and his son. And what, my wife what? was wanting a child, and I was like, all right. You know. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I, I saw a video of him and his son at the tr- at uh, autocross, and I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. Let's have a yeah. baby. <laughs> and then uh, I, was, I was perfectly happy with my Miata. Loved my Miata. My son, he's like, at this time, he was only like six, seven months old, which is like two months ago. And I was like, no reason to upgrade cars, right? And then I've, I saw one of the videos I've already seen before 
of him and his son in the Evo and his son sitting there grinning ear to ear and he's doing like, you know, a, a small little pool and his son yeah. just thinks it's the coolest thing. I was like, all right, cool. Miata's got to get sold. I've got to get something that's got back seats. Something that oh. my son can ride in next year. It's case closed. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, four-door, four-seater. And I specifically wanted lightweight. That way my Xterra could tow it. And that really just pointed to one thing. Well, and rear-wheel drive. I wanted rear-wheel drive. And that was the RX-8. It's got the same, well, very similar rear suspension geometry to the Miata. Very similar front suspension geometry. It's just a slightly longer chassis to the NC Miata. Uh, it was just the perfect fit. So, yeah. And then I was doing some research on rebuilding the Renesis, and I heard Kyle Mohan talking about the hybrid Renesis, and I was like, well, if I'm going to rebuild it, I was like, why not go the hybrid route? And uh, I don't know when you're wanting to talk about the hybrid stuff, but... Uh, now kinda, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. I've actually been talking to my tuner a lot, doing some more research, and uh, there's, it doesn't seem like there's really that much benefit to the hybrid Renesis. And I, I don't know how much Kyle Mohan is like, hyping it up uh supposedly yeah. they've they've seen a lot of positive results uh and exhaust flow uh picking up some power with less boost for a hybrid renesis versus a base renesis now yeah. i'm not boosting mine but i was like well if you're making the same or more power with less boost it sounds like you have better flow uh and it sounds like there would definitely be a increase in heat dissipation on the exhaust side which the renesis has trouble with so i was like well why wouldn't i just do the hybrid renesis build uh, and you, when you break down the cost, it does cost a little bit more, uh, but it's, it's not negligible, but it's definitely in the, it's definitely something you should consider. I think I estimated it to be 800 to a thousand dollars. Depends on how much a custom exhaust manifold is going to run me, uh, to do the hybrid build. So, wow. Yeah. That so doesn't include, I, that doesn't include the motor though. Right. No, well, I guess, uh, I think all in all, I'm estimating about 5,500 on the full engine rebuild, but that's changing every soft seal I possibly can. That's all internal seals and springs. That's machining the apex seal or the uh, rotors to accept larger apex seals. Uh, I guess, uh, have you done any Googling on the hybrid Renesis? Do you, do you know what that entails? Uh, no, I don't. I have no okay. idea. Yeah. Not a problem because honestly, it's, it's very uncommon. So I'll break it down real quick, yeah. actually. The hybrid Renesis is when you remove the Renesis RX-8 engine. And it's got five plates. You got the, the front plate, rear plate, mid plate. They don't really call them it. They call them the side plates. But, and yeah. then you have the rotor housings, and that's what the rotor rides inside of. Now, those do not have an exhaust port on the RX-8. Uh, it all comes out the side and mid plates. So what you do is you swap out for a 1980s, I think it's an 84 to an 87 RX-7 GSL SE rotor housing. And then that actually has a factory peripheral port into it, exhaust peripheral port. Yeah. So, and you you can actually reassemble that straight into the Renesis. Now, uh, Kyle Mohan says that they've done a lot of testing. There's some other race teams that run these and uh, different air parts of the world, and supposedly they have issues with the RX-8 apex seals sagging into that port. It'll catch on the port, and then they'll break. And then once they break, they do some damage. So you have to machine the rotors in order to accept a larger apex seal, which is something that I'm doing. Uh, and the, the larger apex seal is just the RX-7 apex seals. So anyway, to machine the rotors, to acquire the GSL SE rotor housings, uh, full seals, like I said, soft seals. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else I had in that list. Oh, all of the hardware I need to do a full inspection after my teardown. So uh, bore gauge, dial gauge, feeler gauges. Um, oh, and then also I'm doing a peripheral port, or I'm sorry, I'm doing a bridge port, a custom tune, a custom exhaust header, 
because you have to have a ex- custom exhaust header. All that, fifty five hundred bucks, which is not cheap. Wow. But yeah, but I mean, pays for it for what you're because you're you're. I mean, here if you if somebody would have heard, oh, I'm getting an RX eight to go to the track with. I mean, we're all going to cringe a little bit, right? It's not recognized as the most reliable car, but with what you're doing to it, you're you're taking care of all the issues that the RX-8 has, right? Well, ideally, yeah. The, yeah. the heat dissipation is one of the big ones, and trying to get heat out of the Renesis is a fight that some people fight. To be honest, I didn't do a whole lot of research in how reliable just a base Renesis is on track. Once I yeah. heard about the hybrid Renesis, I was like, you know what? This is going to be cool content. Why not? I just kind of full steam. So. Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, it's fascinating to me because I love I love seeing cars that you wouldn't normally see at the track, you know, getting built. And, you know, you're you're un- you're doing that with this undertaking with the uh, hybrid Renesis. Um, it was it more the motor that made you decide to pick this platform or did you pick the RX-8 because of other features that it has? So I, I was dead set on the RX-8 because okay. of the lightweight real drive stick, four door, four seater. Uh, I don't, I think BMW actually does have a couple offerings that would have fit that uh, bill. And also I was very cost limited. You know, I could go get like an FRS or BRZ. Yeah. I don't really know if I want a boxer engine myself. Uh, but those weren't really in the budget. The idea was I was selling the Miata and the Miata money needed to fund the car and the car running. So in this case, re- I was dead set on rebuilding a Renesis. I knew I didn't want to pay six grand for a running and driving RX-8 that had 80,000 miles. And then in 10,000 miles, you know, it's got low compression. It doesn't want to start. So I was like, well, I'll just pay 1800 bucks, two grand. And then for four to five grand, rebuild it. So, yeah. And so what are the plans for the car now? I mean, you, you've got you've essentially got a Miata with a which is which is longer, which will give you a little more control. But you lose a little bit of the agility. Right. Mm-hmm. What what are your plans going forward? I know you're an auto X guy. You know, you've got some I know you've got some victories under your belt. I saw that, too. Uh, but what are your plans going forward? Are you sticking with auto X? Are you looking for some championships? Where are you going? Yeah, uh, I think we're going to make a, a decent jump next year. Uh, so I don't really run any crazy events, like uh, no national events. Uh, I, last year, I mainly Yet. just ran local stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. I need money <laughs> to do that. And, uh, <laughs> but I think uh, I've got a friend of mine, the, the mechanic friend. His name is Brandon. He and I are going to run with Drive Auto X next year, which is a Midwest region auto autocross club. Uh, they run four events. You get more seat time. Uh, you don't have to work. So I was like, why not? And now we've both got rigs that we can tow a couple hours if we need to. So that's the route we're going to go down. Uh, I'm just going to run some local events with my local club just to hang out with my buddies whenever the wife's all right with it. And then uh, I would like to get on track a couple times next year. I want to go back to Gingerman. Uh, I definitely want to try to hit uh, NCM and then maybe Putnam just because it's pretty close. So, yeah, ideally two to three road course. We'll see. We'll see what the budget allows. But yeah, I I think we're actually going to start a I haven't really talked about this yet. race team. We're, we're going to put together, you know, a formal name. Uh I've been toying with the idea of a Patreon, which is actually something that surprisingly the Instagram has been uh responding positively to. So I think we're going to try to set some of that stuff up and the idea is all of that fun straight into racing. We're running his Mustang, my RX-8, just seat time and content. That's the idea. 
So that's really the goal. But yeah, right now I'm just yeah trying to get the car running by February for that first uh, cold event. Okay, that's not that long from now. I know you've got the motor no. out of the car already. How much of the build have you have you gotten done? So right now I need to actually tear the engine apart, start doing the inspection, and I've already got a tuner that I'm going to be working with. Uh, I'll, I'll wait to talk about the name on them. Just there's some things up in the air. I, rotary tuners are kind of interesting. I've had some interesting calls with a local company that I've not named. Uh, anyway, I'll, uh, maybe that's a topic. You know, for like this is not the first time I've heard that. Which is, I don't know that world, but it's not the first time I've heard that. It's so strange. I'll have, I might have to come back to the call I had with a local big company and uh, the okay. guy running it. Anyway, so yeah, I was talking to my tuner. He was possibly pointing to a really quick turnaround on on lapping my plates. Although it sounds like now I need to send some parts out to Mazda Tricks to get some work done. Uh, they're typically quoting a three to five week lead time, depending on how you include shipping. Uh, I actually just talked to uh, Roderick's uh, Customs. A shout out to my boys, Logan and Levi. Those guys are super cool. Got to meet them last year. Uh, it sounds like I'm going to have Levi uh, weld up my custom exhaust manifold. We're predicting a couple week lead time. And then, you know, obviously I still got to get a tune. I actually just talked to my tuner today on trying to get the engine broke in. So it looks like as far as timing goes, I should have this car, as long as I do my part, I should be able to get this car on the road right before February 25th, which is our first like fun event. And you know, I'm not worried about having coilovers or tires by then because half the time it's still 40 degrees here in Indiana. I'm yeah. just trying to take the car out there on the blue wheels that are on it. Uh, it's a, I don't know why somebody did that. <laughs> and the random uh, all season, and just go out there and just shake the car down with the new build. And then after that, we'll worry about coilovers, tires, and whatever else okay any ideas on the on the team name yet yes actually you know what now i'm thinking about it uh my buddy is a little bit more specific about information being shared and it was going to include his last name i might have to run that by him first all right uh, all right yeah no worries just be our name so yeah okay okay yeah that's probably for the best i mean considering there's a patreon you know people are going to want to support that yeah yeah so and i guess um have you thought of version two of the car yet i know you were going to get to february 25th and you're like we're going to shake it down make sure that everything that i did works and if that clears what is the next phase uh it's got to be boost so a big reason you do the hypervenesis uh per the shops that are doing it is for boosted applications it's for that better heat dissipation that better exhaust flow um the renesis is famously uh they famously do not enjoy boost. Uh, for one, it is a higher compression rotor and rotor housing setup. Uh, but it's like it's like 10 to 1 compression. You can't tell me you can't run ethanol and get it to survive. Or We've got modern solutions for that kind of stuff to keep yeah. it alive at the higher compression. Uh, so I, I think exhaustible has been a big limitation. So I'm hoping with the hybrid Renesis, we can just follow in the footpath of those bigger shops that have been doing this for a while. Now, that you know requires money i'm pretty sure i'm gonna have to go standalone for that uh my goal i want to do a full send proper turbo setup have you ever driven a a proper like twin scroll electronic wastegate turbo i know bmw's done it on like the 328i turbo uh no no i I don't i don't think so so the cobalt ss turbo if you don't know about the cobalt ss turbo Fantastic little cheap cars, by the way. They are an electronic wastegate, uh, twin scroll turbo from the factory, direct injection. 
They spool hard, and they make good power. On, on stock turbo, they can make 400 pound-feet of torque uh, with bolt-ons and a tune and ethanol. They're nuts. Uh, my buddy had a 328i BMW with, I, I want to say 2013, don't quote me on that. And that had an, an electronic wastegate twin scroll turbo. Same thing. It came on hard, and it, it maintained good power. I mean, the, the power band was just phenomenal on both setups. I think it would be cool to do something like that with the rotary. They're famously, uh, they make low torque. So it'd be cool to see if you can make up for some of that with a turbo that really comes on at a good point, but still flows at the top end like a, uh, like a rotary would enjoy. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's definitely not a cheap project. It's probably going to be a couple thousand dollars in and of itself. So uh, that's that's later down the road. I, I doubt it'll be next year, maybe the year after, but yeah. That we would tend be to move faster than we think on some of these things. But yeah. now you're, you're building a rocket, right? You're used to tracking a Miata. Have you thought about what the driving transition is going to look like for you? Well, let's, let's stample, stamp down our uh, expectations a little bit. We're, we're probably still looking at under 200-wheel horsepower. So it's a rocket <laughs> oh, compared to oh, the okay. Miata. Okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, now, this isn't going to be like 300 wheel horsepower in a nothing like that. Uh, my tuner actually thinks with the uh, the half bridge and such, it may just make the same power as stock, which I'm I'm cool with. Listen, and what was uh, what was car, stock? What stock power? I you know I don't think I've seen a Renesis on the dyno of like wheel power or wheel uh, horsepower. I want to say I've heard they make 240 at the crank, but that sounds high. That's that that, that's high. fun. I, I feel like that's perfect. I feel like that's yeah. like that's the sweet spot for an all around like Swiss Army knife sports car, right? That you're yeah. gonna take Auto X, that you're gonna go to the track with. It's great. Yeah, I, I think my goal would NA would be to get the car around 190, 200 wheel horsepower. Uh, I think with the car probably weighing about twenty nine hundred, three thousand pounds, it'd be in a good range for me. I'm not yeah. too worried about big horsepower, so yeah, no, that's cool, man. Is this the first like uh, purpose-built car that you've done? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cause the Miata I just bought originally to have fun with and run autocross occasionally, and then all of a sudden I was trying to run a full season in it. Uh, like originally, I started with Tane coilovers. You know, they're not they're not a race coilover. So I don't know. We'll see if I can afford something nice uh, for the RX8, but uh, the verdict's out. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess follow uh, Mitch. Was it racing with Mitchell? Uh, on yeah, Instagram, yeah, and you're gonna have a Patreon. You know, make sure to donate to the program so we can make some dreams yeah. come true. Yeah. yeah, honestly, that's probably going into seat time more than car build. But good, yeah. good. That's what I want to hear. Like, yeah, that's that's definitely gonna make the expert right there. I mean, I think I've made the mistake of spending too much money on mods and not enough on seat time. And yep. right now, it's all about seat time. But Al, I want to learn a little more about you and and the way your head works and some of the things that I've seen you do. And some of the content that you've put out, starting with, explain to the listeners what Boy Dinner is. Boy Dinner. Oh, that was one of those awful TikTok trends. <laughs> Listen, I've got a confession to make. I'm not good at coming up with content. <laughs> I, I started TikTok with, I set my phone in the window of the Camaro one time when I was autocrossing. I posted the video. And I, I used to do like YouTube gaming back in the day with some roommates uh, in college. And, you know, we got excited. We had like 150 views. So when I posted this on TikTok and TikTok naturally, especially back in like, what was it? 2021, 2022. You, yeah. It was really easy to get views because there wasn't as much content. So if you posted it, it hit the algorithm to some extent. And this video did, I can't remember if it was four or 40,000, but I remember it was like, 
oh my gosh, people love this. I got to do this all the time. Yeah. And it was the worst video ever. So <laughs> I just started posting more and more and more. And then, you know, you get to December and it's like, well, now we're not racing. Now I don't have autocross clips. I guess everybody else is just posting memes and trends. So that's what I'll do. And boy dinner was one of those trends. And I, I like to partake in them every now and then if they're funny, like the boy dinner one. I don't know. That, that one kind of caught my interest. I was like, why not? So that one I caught me the, off guard uh, completely. Yeah. And for those who have not seen boy dinner, it's like you've got like parts and hardware on a plate like surrounded with food and yeah. i mean it's just i like i would i saw this and i was like this is this is awesome this yeah, is that one was I, absolutely cooked. hilarious yeah that one was cooked ducati piston uh missing the exhaust valve that i had to rip out of it after it'd been beaten into it uh, <laughs> a slice of cheese and bread and then we had a mixture of what was it drywall screws and i think <laughs> 5w40 oil if I just, I just started putting stuff together in the garage i was like why not is it was it just you or was it like you and your buddies doing this? No, this is like a whole TikTok trend. Like there was one like some dude had like a bun and then underneath. Oh the no, bun I mean specific, specifically the video that you recorded. Like were you guys oh. all in a garage just did this or was it just you? No, that was just me, dude. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure like I was just like chilling on my lunch break, working from home, scrolling yeah. through TikTok, and I was like, I can make that in 15 minutes. Let's go. And I, <laughs> I put it together in 15 minutes. Came inside, stuck the plate in the dishwasher, and went back to work. And it's crazy to me that it's like it's this was a trend. I'm not on TikTok. Uh, I'm just on Instagram, which is probably a mistake. But um, like that was my first exposure to that trend. I hadn't seen anyone else do it. Like in my yeah. head, you did it first. Right. And, and I was dying like seeing this. Um, it took you 15 minutes to put together. And it's probably one of your most popular videos. Oh, uh, well, nah, I, I don't know. I don't remember how many views that one did. I don't think that one did as well compared to like some of the other just random trends. I mean, that's how my engineer explains started. I mean, that was, uh, there was a trend. I want to say it was with the guys from, uh, Oh, it's a popular cartoon show. I'm forgetting it now. Rick and Morty. If I remember correctly. And I, I stuck that up and made a joke about engineers versus mechanics. And then it led to what? 30 videos. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's really what drove me to your channel. Right. The, the whiteboard, the, you know, the satire written on the whiteboard. You've got the engineering explained your sort of deadpan delivery. I'm like, this is perfect. Like, I love I love it's this. Nuts. I don't know how many I don't know why so many people miss this satire. I, I feel uh, like when oh, you're watching no. it, it's very clear. Oh, no, man. Like I've do learned sell it that well? through my own. Oh. It's it, yes, you do. Okay. You do sell it well. because, And that's how it's supposed to be. Right. But I've learned through sort of my adventure in a satire that there are just some people that are not going to get it. And they have the loudest fingers for some reason. They're yeah. always posting and in your DMs for it. So what's sort of like the worst like sort of feedback or comment or things that you've gotten for some of these videos? Uh, you could probably guess the comments. The, the popular <laughs> yeah. one is there's I, I guess the mechanics are in on this. It's that a mechanic has slept with an engineer's wife. So the engineers are going after mechanics for it. Yeah. That one that one was really funny the first couple of times I read it. And it's like, a, well, come up with something new now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, it's just the same comment. There's yeah. that. Uh, I've got a couple of threats. That one's that one's been interesting. But luckily, oh, really? I, oh, threats? Yeah. yeah. I, I've had to delete a couple that were pretty gnarly. Uh, I, I don't remember off the top of my head what they were, but uh, luckily, 
Indiana's got pretty good defense loss. So yeah, pretty good. But wow. I mean, they'll post it right in the comments too. What will be funny is if you go to videos from my channel, you can actually see the hidden comments and that's when it gets, that's when it gets wild. Oh, and threats on your life. Like I'm going to like a death threat. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think anybody's been like, I'm going to come hurt. you. Yeah. But it's yeah. been like, you better be careful. Somebody will find out where you live. And like, you know, we've, we know you're in Indiana, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, Holy enough to like shit. point to what they're, what they're thinking. I think, uh, I don't know. I, I don't get why so many people are that upset about it. Like you, re- I don't know. It, it um, kind of blows me away. Some of these it, guys legitimately think though that engineers are out to get them. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's the condition that these people are in. They, they feel they're always on the defense even when nobody's attacking them. So yeah. anything that fits that sort of that 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 feeling they take and they run with it cuz they're aching to like yell at somebody for whatever reason. Yeah. Oh, and I want to make one thing clear. Listen, any mechanics that are watching this, I appreciate you guys. My, some of my close <laughs> friends are mechanics. I love working on cars, and I'm not near as good at it as you are. Okay? And I promise, I promise I I worked on a mid-range project that you will work on i did my (laughs) best i swear i did my best okay it's just it's not always our decision oh you want to get mad at somebody get mad at corporate they're the oh yeah they're the reason why you've got these bad designs because you get pigeonholed in something you don't want to do it's crazy because i remember i you know i would have to go down on prototype builds and maybe they would have like oh this dipstick, for example, it, it's fatigued and it cracked. And it's like a, well, yeah, this is a prototype part. It's unfortunate, but we are changing it. But, it, it, you know, you want to go down there and work with them and try to understand what the scenario was. But some of these guys, they don't want to hear it. They don't want, they don't want you to be down in their engine bay or down in their bay. They, they got a job to do. They want to do it. And you need to go back to your desk and do your job. And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's difficult. But at the same time, I'm sure they've had somebody that has given them a reason to have that sour taste because I, I definitely have met some engineers that aren't as uh, they don't respond as well to criticism. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's probably the, the stereotype usually. And you know, in those chairs and those thrones, uh, but I find it very entertaining. I understand it as satire. Like I, I wish we didn't have to post that it's satire, right? Like to me, I find it, it kills me a little bit to have to do that, but I understand why we have to. Yeah. I actually had to start including the word satire on the whiteboard because I got a message from a gal. She's like, Hey, uh, my boyfriend swears that your video is serious, but I, I feel like you're joking. And it was one, I think I said, don't fix a coolant leak. It was supposed to do that. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 please. At least if your car's leaking, cool it, please fix it. Yes. This is a joke. Uh, you can tell your boyfriend that I confirmed it. And that was after that, I was like, I've had, a, I've had, uh, four videos on YouTube do over a million views. One is almost to 3 million. I've had a couple million on TikTok, over a million on Instagram. And I was like, this is going to be on somebody's page that isn't into cars. And they're going to see an engineer say, don't fix your coolant leak. It's fine. Let it leak on the exhaust header. And I was like, Yeah. I should probably include satire somewhere in the video just to be safe. Uh, that was kind of a eye-opening experience for me. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I've. It's hard with with that stuff because you know you kind of want to, 
you want to sell it, right? I mean, that's the whole point of the joke. You want to sell it. You want to be able to make it believable. But the responsible thing to do would be to pull back a little, make it a little obvious. So I, I try to exaggerate things more than I normally would to make sure that I'm emphasizing that and I've tag everything satire as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I guess unless you're sp- – I also, I guess – you have the same problem that I kind of do too with some of the media that I do, like my track media, track content, it's all real. So then it kind of stretches the satirical content into the real world a little bit. Yep. Makes it kind of hard to to recognize what's real and what's not real. Yeah. I went, one of the videos that I did announcing the hybrid Renesis project, I forgot that I still had the word satire written in big letters on the whiteboard behind me. And I recorded this thing like three times and I'm finally sitting there editing on my phone. I get about halfway through and I realize that it's a satire right behind me. And you can see it throughout the whole video. I was like, I'm not re-editing this. So I had to include a note like, hey, I do post a lot of satire, but I promise this is not it. Like, this is real. If you're gonna. So I was like, oh no, I'm kind of shot myself in the foot there. Now, so you're living in both worlds. You're in the real world. You're in the satirical world. You have the engineering explain, engineer explains videos. Um, have you thought of any other characters or bits that you potentially we're not going to make you promise anything, but might potentially introduce in the future? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. There was one that I was wanting to do where I was wanting to review like just cool build styles of different cars. And that actually started because I started a series for a little while where I was reviewing cool cars that nobody talks about. There's a lot of cool car or cars that I think is cool are cool that nobody drives nobody modifies like the one that i found was the saab nine three or nine two x arrow i don't remember but it's got a turbo 2.8 liter v6 six speed all-wheel drive and i found a couple of videos of a modified one and they sound beautiful and they make pretty good power and it's like a where are these i've never seen one of these things modified and they are rare but i mean heck i was i was like four door lightweight like this checks my boxes and i Obviously did not end up getting one, but I started doing that for a little while. It was not pulling views, and I got to realize, and I was like, I guess if nobody talks about it, they're probably not going to be interested in content about it. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. well, this is kind of just for the car nerds like me, and, and then I got busy with the RX-8, so I need to bring that one back. But yeah, I'd like to review just cool build styles of different cars. I, I don't know. I, I feel like modifying cars does get very formulaic. It's kind of There's kind of a, a list you can get, and I, I'm guilty of it too. I you know, the Camaro on Z28 wheels with a cam, like yeah. every fifth gen Camaro ever. So, but yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, where, where do you get, where did you get your funny bone? Like what, what, what sort of, in, what are your comedic inspirations? Uh, I, I don't want to say I don't have comedic, uh, inspirations, but I don't know. I don't really follow a whole lot of like comedy stuff. I watch a lot of YouTube. Like I grew up on like, was like Vanos Gaming and all those guys like back yeah. in the day. I don't none of it was really car related besides like I guess Car Throttle followed along. Yeah, them. but I don't know. I don't really keep up with a bunch of uh like comedian specific stuff. Oh, Shane Gillis is pretty funny though. That guy's hilarious. I am with you on that, man. Yeah. I love Shane Gillis. Yeah. So yeah. okay, so really, I mean, so it's like uh, you, you so you enjoy you enjoy laughing, and that's why you started doing this. Right, yeah. but there isn't really anything that inspired it. Well, I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of like the clown of our group. I'm the one that's always, you know, coming up with funny scenarios that we'll end up being in. I'm the one beefing with my buddies all the time when they do something silly. Like, there was a time <laughs> we were working on my buddy Saturn right before a three-hour road trip, and I told him, hey, buddy, 
your he had a pry bar and a hammer trying to what was it? he was trying to knock something loose i don't remember what it was now but i told him i was like you're getting real close to that oil filter you need to be careful he's like oh i know what i'm doing well anyway we're in that car the next day to drive three hours away the car loops around on an on ramp uh we didn't put it together then but the uh, the oil filter was actually dripping oil and it got under the rear tire and then uh we got about three hours away and you know the whole time i'm just like oh no dude it's, it's cool you know you probably never got in the oil filter i'm sure you didn't punch a hole in the oil filter you know like we're just sitting there he's just trying to replace this oil filter in a parking lot and i'm just badgering him i don't know i guess i'm kind of that guy of the group i'm pretty relentless but i think that's okay good. yeah that, that makes sense that makes sense where you're in this world now we're going to pivot a little bit back to your miata i'm going to give you some some details that i'm hoping will jog your memory a little bit it's your sixth and last session in your miata at an autocross you're in a brand new zamp helmet and you're protecting a first place position yes Talk me through your approach going into that last session before going into that last session as you're thinking of protecting that first place position. What what things that you do change? What was your mindset like? Yeah, so that was a recent event. And this is like a local level event. So if anybody's listening, they were like, why do you care so much about a local event? The, the thing was, I this is like my first full season. I just got this car, uh, you know, towards the end of last season. And I'm competing with some people, with some friends that... I have never been able to keep up with. And in autocross, you know, you don't run the same course ever. So yep. it's really hard to tell when you're getting better until you beat people you couldn't beat. And that's what I was doing that day. I was beating multiple friends of mine that run this region that I could never touch previously. And now I've actually, I was beating uh, one of the guys, his name's Tyler, super cool guy. He's got a very nice car with you know better coilovers, a better setup, better tires, everything. I'm on used tires and tank coilovers. And I'm, I've now got him by a second and a half, and I'm like, I'm doing it. Like, I'm, this is a very clear sign that I've improved, not just a little bit, but I have improved so much since this time last year. And that's, you know, two years since I had the Camaro running autocross. And it was just, it was a refreshing take to know, like, oh, you know, the, the time's waking up early in the morning, standing out in the hot sun, sweat dripping down your back when you go to sit in this leather seat, you know, it's paying off like i've improved see i remember I, I went up for that run and i remember tyler and i had actually talked and he was like you know you got me but i got one more run i'm not taking a passenger i'm going to go send it and i was running i think right behind him so i didn't have time to check his run i just remember i was like he's probably gonna run faster because i looking at the times where he was catching cones he was he had time to pick up it's like so he's probably gonna run faster but i know i can pick up time too so you know you run out there and you just gotta throw down and do what you know how to do. I've, I've adopted this mindset recently where I'll try to run two or three uh, moderate times at autocross, and then I'll try to throw down for like the next two rounds, you know, four and five. Ideally, you want you don't want to have to throw down on your sixth run because, you know, if you hit a cone, the whole event's done now. That way you can get crazy on the sixth run, but I couldn't do that here. I just had to lay down what I thought was a good run, and I ended up hitting a cone, got all, all upset. I was like, no, I, you know, he got me, and... I got back, so I, I was able to still beat his time, so that was good. So yeah, yeah. no, that's not, and that was was that your first uh, like sort of victory? And before you answer that, I do want to say competition at any level, I mean, should be celebrated, right? And yeah. I don't think yeah. local event, national event, I think it's it's the same to me. But um, you know, what 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 was that? Was that your first victory like day? And what did that yeah. feel like? It wasn't my first like victory. I, I'd had one yeah. before where there was like 
there was two other guys driving. One of them wasn't even in his own car, and the other one was on like worn out tires. So there was like three people in my class, and I beat them. And I was like, this didn't really feel like a win. Right. But this was the first one where there was multiple cars, very well put together, guys in cars that they know. And I was like, there, there's no bullshit here. I, I won. I was the better car and driver today, and that was a good feeling. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I I'll never forget my first, as none of us have. Yeah. <laughs> none of none of us will. Uh, but ta- speaking of competition, we've hit that time of the episode we where we are doing the Motorhead Blitz. I'm ready. Uh, you ready? You ready? So oh, for those yeah, who I'm don't ready. know, this is ten questions, a thousand points per question, and in the final question, you're allowed to wager whatever you've banked. Um, you know, up to that question. Now, the uh, you already know the current King Motorhead is at 10,000 points, so we'll share mm-hmm. that in the beginning. Um, here we go. Are you ready? Oh, I'm pumped. Let's do oh, this. Oh, you're pumped. All right. It. Yeah. All right. Not, I don't want to just win. I want to hold this title. Okay. Oh, okay. So okay. You let okay. know that. All yeah. right. All right. I will. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's going to be a great soundbite either way. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So here we go with the first question. A cars and coffee from this state has banned Mustangs, Camaros, and Chargers from attending. I your just choice saw that. I saw it. And, uh, this I is a multiple choice game, by the oh, way. Right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe this will jog your memory, right? Your choices are Michigan, Texas, California, or Indiana. I know it's not Indiana. California. Uh, Michigan was an option. Indiana. I want to see it was Michigan because I feel like I read it and I was like, oh, yeah, it's about my buddy. Yeah. Final answer, Michigan. Yeah, final answer, Michigan. Oh, for one, sir. You the, yeah. It the cor- it's actually Texas, surprisingly. Oh, darn. Yeah, Texas. Due to burnouts and revving, they threatened to become invitation only as well. It is a temporary ban, but they're not appreciating the uh, domestics. Yeah, uh, they probably got a lot of, good, yeah, good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I support it as well, dude. We need to we need to control ourselves. But on to question number two: A dealer in Maryland is marking up this muscle car by two hundred and fifty thousand dollars over sticker price. Shocker! The Dark Horse Mustang, the GT five hundred Mustang, the Chevy Corvette, or the Dodge Challenger Demon. What was the third option again? The Chevy Corvette. Nah, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be S6 or the new S650 Dark Horse. I, I man, I feel like there was a couple TikTokers that were trying to get those. Uh, if a couple middle road TikTokers, I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, Mustang. Mustang. Okay. Yeah. You are O for two, sir. Dang. The, okay. Well, <laughs> maybe now we're gonna try to win. <laughs> The actual car is the Dodge Challenger Demon 170. Uh, they put 250 oh. on top of the sticker, which was wild. Uh, social media went nuts. Um, I doubt they will sell this. I think the dealer just wants to make noise for themselves. Uh, this is dark cars in Maryland. Um, they lose their franchise. If they or, yeah, franchise. or maybe, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I Dodge really cares, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. wild. You can buy a base model Challenger for 32000 and probably build a rocket from there for much less money. But yeah. that that's wild. So you're 0 for 2 going in question number 3. 
The owner of CNC Motors, a high-end car dealer, has been charged with theft for selling super for selling supercars that were this. One, lemons. Two, stolen. Uh, three, imported illegally. Or D, salvaged. Are these the Japanese cars that were imported had all the R34s? I'm... I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say uh, the imports. C. Import. Imported illegal. Final answer. Yes. Man, you're not tracking well, Dang. man. That is zero <laughs> for three. They were actually Dang. lemons. Yeah. So he was buying shady supercars and selling them to his customers, which it was like over 100 people that bought shitty cars from him. And now they're <sighs> suing him. Yeah. I'm going to tell my wife I did not spend enough time on my phone now. If I had spent more time on my phone, I'd know the answer to this. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, this is all social media junk. So, yeah, you would have totally got it. All right, going into question number four. There's still a chance for you to win the game and become King Motorhead, so let's not fret. Question number four. The car This car just set the Guinness World Record for fastest car in reverse. Okay. Your options are Koenigsegg Jesko. Rimac Nevera, Tesla Model S Plaid, and Bucati Chiron. Mm, I feel like I've just read stories about all of these. I just I'm, saw. I'm uh, fairly a certain you the, did. Yeah. What was A again? A was the Koenigsegg Jesko. This has been out for so long, hasn't it? I think it has. What's, what's B? Uh, Rimac Nevera. Or Rimac Nevera. I think that's been out for a while. I'm going A. It's a, Koenigsegg Jesko. Got to be A, and you are 0 for 4, sir. Oh, my it is a- <laughs> <laughs> It is actually the Rimac Nevera. Yeah, they, it just set the Guinness World Record in reverse at 171 miles per hour. Could you imagine driving a car in reverse at those speeds? That sounds terrifying. Exactly. You, that's what I thought. You touch going the straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's over. It's over. But it was surprisingly stable at those speeds. The previous record was 102 miles per hour in reverse, set back in 2002. Who's trying so to they drive in reverse past at 100 that. miles an hour? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, honestly, Rimac, they don't really have many records. I'm guessing yeah. they just wanted something. They're like, let's just do it in reverse. We'll, uh, yeah. you know, we'll be able to use that for our marketing. Oh, man. So you're 0 for 4, man. Uh, You know, I'm really pulling for you here. Turn it around on question number five. This JDM giant is collaborating with Huff for a 70s-inspired streetwear line. Okay. Your options are Honda, Toyota, Subaru, or Nissan. Oh, I'm not going to be able to be the king. (laughs) Don't throw you know in the what? towel yet, man. You know what? My Xterra, my Xterra's been good to me, so I'm going Nissan just for that reason. Uh, it's going Nissan. Ni- I, I, yeah, it's okay. Nissan. It is Toyota, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So Toyota <laughs> is collaborating with Huff on a new streetwear sag, uh, swag line that includes a bathroom rug. It's uh, it looks pretty cool. It's pretty cool stuff, but um, it's pretty it odd. It's a bathroom rug. Yeah, yeah, they're selling That's a bath, a 70s-inspired bathroom rug, yeah. Wait, who's Toyota's who's all Huff? over the place. Huff is a streetwear brand, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess you yeah. said that, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I, was, I was thinking BMX. Oh. Like, I was thinking, like, streetwear BMX. I don't know why. I, I mean, you get some of that old-school clothing, you know, is, is streetwear yeah. now. Oh, man. So you're going to have to go 
perfect from here on out. That's easy. It's a all right, easy peasy. Uh, wait, right, is it going to yeah. be a tiebreaker? I need to ask now. Uh, if there, I get 10,000. There isn't a tiebreaker. I have not figured out a tiebreaker. So if you do get 10,000, hmm. We both got to come on the show for five minutes and uh, yeah. do <laughs> Uh, paper, rock, scissors. That's the only yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's the only way. All we right. might have to flip a coin because paper, rock, scissors remotely doesn't really work. I'll but if, 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 if you tie, we'll figure something out. All right. All right. Question number six. A game built around this American racing series is at risk of being dead. The game's entire staff was laid off recently. Formula One. NASCAR. IndyCar or WRC? I'm willing to bet the I don't know the answer, but I think it's going to be NASCAR because Formula One is absolutely exploding with that uh, series. I'm going to say NASCAR. NASCAR is incorrect. The actual answer is IndyCar. Mitchell, right. man, you you are not <laughs> in the news, bro. <laughs> You know, I'll be honest, when I was listening to the episode, I wasn't doing so hot listening to uh, the other episode. <laughs> yeah. I should have realized. Yeah. I, maybe I should have prepared a little bit. That yeah, yeah, that would have been great. Uh, okay, but, you know, you can still land high in the rankings here. So, you know, keep that in mind. So you're 0 for right. 6. Um, going into question number 7. The Bloodhound LSR project lost its driver ahead of attempting this. The longest drift record, the loudest exhaust record, the longest jump record, or the land speed record. What is the LSR? Are you are you able to tell me? Uh, I mean it's 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 a car. I can tell you okay. it's it's a car that is going to break this record. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go land speed. I, with your yeah, first thousand points, ladies and hey, gentlemen, you're back I in got the game. Now. Yeah, so <laughs> Andy Green, uh, the land speed record holder and former Air Force pilot, has stepped down from driving duties. He's 61 years old. That makes sense. The current record is 763 miles per hour, set by none other than the same guy uh, back in 1997. So that record oh. has stood for a while. Yeah. yeah, 700 mile an hour land speed. Yeah, that's not much of a car anymore. That explains you can't. Yeah, really it's talk a rocket. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's yeah. yeah, it's kind of. I would have given it away, but yeah, but yeah, it's uh, that the project is at risk of not happening. They need ten million dollars, and they're opening it up to anybody who has that money. So if you have ten million dollars, you can drive this car. I'll check the bank account after this. Uh, yeah, honestly, if you got the opportunity, <laughs> would you do it? Oh man. Uh, I don't know. I'm down, like to have some fun, take a little risk, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That was on a roller coaster what a couple of years ago, and it scared me more than I thought I was going to. So <laughs> I don't, I don't think I'm a big thrill seeker anymore. Yeah, okay, know, yeah. Mile an hour, it might be a little quick for me. Roller it's coaster, than my yeah, miles, so. yeah, yeah. That's a little, <laughs> it's a little, little bit faster, a little bit faster. All right, so you got your first thousand points, sir. You're now one for seven on the game. You've got money in the bank to play with. On to question number eight. This supercar manufacturer sold more hybrids than gas-only cars last quarter. You would recognize the car by a distinctive horse. Your options are Ford, Ferrari, Porsche, or Lamborghini. Wait, what? Okay, hold on. 
And yeah. Icon's got to be a horse. Horse. It can be Porsche then. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think it can be Porsche. And the, what, the Lamborghini. That's they. That's not a horse. Ford and Ferrari. Uh, I'm trying to think of Ford's hybrids real quick. Uh, we've got the Mustang Mach E. The Lightning. I actually, I don't know their whole lineup. I, I'm not good. Which with those them are cars. EVs, so I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking they're making too many like uh, EcoBoost stuff. I think that's going to be a good sell. I'm going to say Ferrari because I think they're doing a lot of like supercar EV stuff. You're back in the game, Mitchell. Hey. Another <laughs> thousand points, two for eight. Ferrari actually in the last quarter sold 51% hybrids to 49% gas-powered cars. Uh, yeah, the, their mass-produced yeah. mid-engine models are the ones that are being sold, and it's the 296 and the SF90 supercars, which is pretty cool. I mean, there was a time where that technology was kind of frowned upon in that world. So, yeah, it's nuts to think that it's that high now, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, like, like half of your vehicles are now hybrids, and people are cool with it. All right, so you're now two for eight, going into question number nine. You've banked 2,000 points. Uh, here we go. Ford is unveiling a special version of the Ford Mustang in this state. Your options are California, Michigan, Florida, or New York. It's got to be Michigan for Detroit. Final Detroit, answer. Michigan. Yep. That's where your winning streak ends because no. it is California. Oh, you the still California have two special, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, that you that got was... it. Yeah, you got it. I so Jim known that. Farley, the CEO, teased an image of it um, on the grill. It said uh, GTCS, California mm -hmm. uh, Special Edition. And if you edited the photo, like fully exposed it, it left coordinates for anyone who did that. And the coordinates are for a place out here in San Clemente. Um, so actually tomorrow, for people that are listening to this on Monday, yesterday, the car is going to be unveiled at a Cars and Coffee, which is a little odd for me. But, uh, but yeah, it's California. So you're now yeah. two for nine. You have 2,000 points. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a competition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're two for nine. You have 2,000 points in the bank. Going into your last question, how much do you want to wager? Oh, all the yeah, all we're going it. all in. All, yeah. all I've got in. two points, so all right. I'm not losing all <laughs> two th All $2,000 for a potential 4000 Here's your question number 10. Hyundai's mobility division, Supernal, plans to build a facility in the U.S. to make this for commuters. Flying taxis, jetpacks, electric motorcycles, or battery-powered shoes got to be electric motorcycles if it's the other ones i'm blown away and i gotta read that headline it's got to be electric <laughs> motorcycles final answer electric motorcycles yep oh man you left a big fat zero on the board dude it is no. act yeah it is actually <laughs> flying taxis it is actually right i that's what i said too i'm like this is like sci-fi stuff so they're going to be making flying electric taxis that look like drones with a big pod in the middle but a prototype of this vehicle is actually going to be shown at CES in January. So we're going to get a chance to see it in 2024. Quick question. What's up? Show of hands by anybody that's familiar with the Theta 2 engine failure rate and Kia and Hyundai's other 
yeah. who's gonna hop into where they're flying taxi because yeah. i don't think i'm going to i'm not Listen, i'm not they're doing yeah. some cool stuff now yeah but, uh, you gotta prove mm. yourself a little bit longer yeah no man no not doing it either that's a really really good point <laughs> i owned one at one point and yeah so i i get it um yeah. But yeah, man, dude, honestly, thanks for coming on the show. I'm sorry you came out with zero points, but that just means we're going to have to do this again. I was going uh, to go all in no matter what. So yeah, it was either right. going to be I won or I had zero points. All right. All right. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, we have zero here. Um, we're going to post a leaderboard uh, later. But, you know, Mitchell, man, thank you for coming on the show. It was a thank great you. episode. Uh, you know, I love having you. And like I said, we're going to have you on to, to hopefully rank up a little higher next time. Um, yes, please. Yeah, but anything you want to plug, anyone, anything you want to, anything you want to talk about, end with, anyone you want to shout out. Uh, I keep it pretty simple: racing underscore with underscore Mitchell on most social media. If you guys want to follow the RX8, uh, see some cool track and autocross footage, definitely follow me. Uh, and just know some of my content is satire, so please don't don't fall for the bait. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on, man. This is a, a lot of fun and. Please, whenever you would like to have me back on, I would be honored to come back. So I'm coming for that win next time. I just need, <laughs> awesome. please don't bring somebody on that's going to get all 10 and then the bonus, please. <laughs> all right, yeah, I can, can't right. make any promises. But that is our episode. You can find us at 91octane.com. That is all letters, no numbers. Also, like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 91octane. If you want to send us any emails, info at 91octane.com. Have a good night.